Good morning, Northgate and friends, whoever's uh, found this video. We're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 10 <clears throat> this Sunday. Let's pray and ask God to bless his word. Jesus, you're with us. You're sitting. Yeah, you're sitting with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would teach us. We stop, Lord, and ask you to encourage, exhort, just teach us to be like you. We need your help, Lord God. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, God is good and God is faithful. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 today. It's funny, I'm downstairs and uh, what you can't see is all the laundry on the floor everywhere. But anyways, that's the joy of video. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us. We want to center down just on a few different verses and maybe you know them very well but it says uh this therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall no temptation has overcome you except such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also give the way of escape that you may be able to Bear it. Now, those are quite famous words, and we often hear teachings on temptation, and hey, today you're going to hear another one. But how we can be victorious, and these verses are taken. Now, these verses are in the middle of chapter 10, and we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. We've been answering or hearing the answers to some of the questions that the Corinthians had for Paul. They started asking him about marriage and singleness and then meat sacrifice to idols and that was the last couple of weeks. But here, as he in the previous chapter has talked about their freedom, he's going to talk about the danger of sin. So he ends up in these last verses talking, there's a great danger of sin and temptation is real. It's common to all of us and we can't think in any way that we can stand because we better be careful we might fall then and i know i can fall into that trap thinking i've conquered something or it's not a problem anymore whatever the temptation is in my life and maybe the same for you that you feel that you have victory and you're living in freedom but we always have to live on guard against the wiles of the devil it would say in ephesians chapter 6 his uh tactics to bring us down and our own flesh james 1 which our desires can bring us to sin. So Paul is saying this in context again, because he's told them they have grace and freedom to eat this meat. But you don't want to swing so far in that department that you think sin is acceptable. He talks about the blessings of God and not really um, taking them for granted. So basically how he does that in looking at this, as I get my classes on here, is he uses the Old Testament example of Israel in chapter 10. So what they faced, what the Corinthians face, and for us today, these temptations are real in the midst of what God has done for us. He says at the beginning of chapter 10, just a few thoughts here. He says, I don't want you to be unaware or ignorant, your version might say in verse 1, that all our fathers were under the cloud, 
and all passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses and the cloud and in the sea. And they ate spiritual food and they drank spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed him and that rock was Christ. So what he does here is telling them the blessings they have. Obviously, Egypt represents sin. We know that. They were in captivity. God set them free through the plagues, especially that death angel, the tenth plague, and then getting through the Red Sea through his power and then crushing the enemy. The blood of the Lamb has set them free. Christ has blessed them. Christ is with them. The cloud is guiding them in the wilderness. The cloud is protecting them. On a hot sunny day, aren't clouds nice to get shade and protection from the heat and think in the desert the heat and what a cloud would mean. And as the cloud moved, they would move and it protected them and it guided them and it led them. And Christ was with them, it says, giving them that spiritual drink miraculously. And he is with us. And as we are thirsty, he satisfies us with his presence and his goodness. He is all around us. All these powerful blessings and we live in grace and we live in freedom and we live with the Lord guiding us in his truth guiding us through the power of his Holy Spirit we live with spiritual food his truth his word we have all all of these things but what happened to Israel could happen to us and Paul's warning the Corinthians it could happen to them because he says I use these examples as he moves on because he says God was not pleased with them in the midst of these blessings because they became idolaters. It was said, as it was written, the people sat down, ate, drank, rose up, and played. In verse 8, they committed sexual immorality, and in one day 23,000 fell. They tempted Christ. They complained. They were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, for our encouragement, for our exhortation. Just adding those words for you. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. All of this instruction, these types, these examples of the Holy Spirit, of Israel in the history. Look, they were blessed. Look, they were saved. Miraculously but they fell into sin. They followed idolatry. And we might say today, well, I don't worship idols. I don't bow before a statue. And we've said before, idols aren't necessarily a statue. It's anything that we can worship or fear before God. Now, idols are usually good things. If we look in the history of the Old Testament or even today what people worship, they worship the sun, they worship cows, they worship sexuality uh, in the course of history. People worship money, they worship pleasure, uh, all of these things. They worship things that God has created, good things, but they put the good things over the one who created them. And they try to appease these idols who are dead and not alive to receive more comfort, more pleasure. They think, if I can worship the thing that's helping me, it will bless me. But the reality is we know that idols only lead to sin and to destruction, as it's mentioned. And God doesn't want us to live a lifestyle of sin. He wants us to be holy, not for the fact that he has a whole bunch of rules that me and you are supposed to follow, but because he loves us and he knows that sin 
will hurt us. And as the good father he is, he says, don't do that. Because in the long run, maybe not in the moment, you're going to suffer great consequences. And to worship things other than God will only lead us down a path into these sins that will be very, very, very difficult and will affect us in ways that aren't positive. And I've seen it again and again in my life and others' lives. If people turn away from Christ and the goodness of Christ, thinking that they are strong and just giving inch, inch, you see, the devil doesn't just pop out at us with the red suit and horns. He tempts us with good things and he brings us away and he leads us into sin. It's not all at once. There's always a pattern. There's always a path. There's always a background. The problem's never the problem. It started somewhere else somehow. And Paul is warning them, in your freedom, be careful. And this morning, if there's any of us, including myself, that would say, well, I'm past that. I'm okay. I don't struggle with that. May we be careful and learn that we need to be dependent on Christ at all times. So back to temptation, because that's where we we started. And here's the lesson. Here's the thing of the examples for us. And God is saying, listen, don't fall into temptation. He says, temptation is common. It's real. It's a part of our lives. But God is faithful there in verse 13. I really, really learned a lot from that this week, that God is faithful. Obviously, we know it, we can say it. But as I looked a little deeper into that, different translations and then the Greek, God is faithful is, He shall always be with you. Now think of that when you're tempted and you're trying to defeat temptation and things look difficult and the devil isolates you in your thoughts and justifies sin and he gets you alone and it seems like the battle is sometimes impossible the weight of sin and we can't give in it's just burning it's heavy and it's almost like we think it's the only way but we have to understand we're not alone temptation is real to everyone but God is with you he is faithful now as I thought about this and in my own life in times you know when you're tempted there's a piece of paper telling you the truth is good, but it's not going to get you through the heat of the battle, through temptation. Whether it's lying or gossiping or anger, whatever, you fill in the equation. Sexuality, drinking, what worrying, fearing, you know, you fill in the blank for complaining. What do we need to know? Well, we need to know someone's with us. And when I face those things, what I found has helped is... Yet yeah, not the piece of paper, but the truth in my heart that God is with me. And this week, I came to understand again that my belief in Jesus is much more than a piece of paper or a book. My belief in Jesus is the reality that he loves me, he's alive, and he lives in me through the Holy Spirit. And when I face temptation, I'm not alone. I don't have to fight it with an instruction sheet. God is with me. 
God the Holy Spirit can empower me in the midst of temptation. Do you know that the words of Jesus are with you? Do you know that Jesus himself lives in you? And as you turn to him, that you have so much greater power. And that's why Paul's always praying, I pray you understand this and the power towards you. And nothing then is impossible. There's no sin that we cannot be if we understand that he was faithful. He who will never leave us. He who is beside us will get us through. Yet there's a practical example like if there's someone with you and you're tempted with sin, it's so much easier to fight that, that sin and have victory if you're alone. But if you know someone's with you, uh, yeah, they can get me through. They're praying for me. They're saying, let's go. They're pulling me away. They're saying, don't do that. Well, Jesus is saying that, but we have to understand and live in that truth that God is so faithful. And I love it as I look back in Hebrews because it came clear to me he knows how I feel. Not only is he with me, he knows what temptation is and he's felt it. And for many parts of my life, I felt God is big and powerful, but distant, almost like someone who, yeah, knew all the answers, but didn't experience what it meant to be on earth. And okay, God, you're asking for perfection and you're up there. But I'm down here and it's hard and I'm flesh. And the joy to understand what he says in Hebrews, he says he became a man and he experienced all the temptations that we experience. And it even goes so far to says he knows our weakness and he sympathizes with us. Just think that. God isn't like pulling you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's sympathizing with you. He's not out to get you. He's out to help you, and he knows how you feel. And that's a beautiful picture because Christ was a man, and he walked the earth, and he was perfect, yet he went through all the same temptations. And because he's experienced with that, we have a great high priest, chapter 4 of Hebrews, who says, I can sympathize with you, but you can come boldly to the throne and receive grace and mercy. Grace, undeserved favor, undeserved power, mercy, not getting what you deserve. That he's saying, I know how you feel. I'm with you boldly in your belief. Come to understand and come to me and ask me. And how we do that is we slow down, we understand, we call out, we wait for help. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness or in the garden, it's so interesting that prayer was a huge part of it, that living in God's word was a huge part of living in victory. And the supernatural help of angels or God coming to help him was a huge part of it as well. We need to stop and pray because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to understand God is faithful and is with us and call out to him and truly slow down to get the strength that we need. Because God is saying, I am available and I will give you everything you need. It says at the end of verse 13, to escape that I'll make a way. And again, Jesus, it was made a way for him to escape that you can finally 
endure, endure, because the pressure comes of temptation. And we've all felt it, like the heaviness, the pressure, and we can lift, endure, I can get through, because not only is it my hands, but there's another hand. It's the hand of God who is faithful, the person of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit that is with us. So practically, it makes a lot of sense, but we have to put it in practice. But it's almost we live in one dimension. I only see myself in this life, but the Bible clearly talks of a spiritual dimension and the help we can have as we use our weapons of Christ, of prayer, of his truth in us believing that we can have victory. Because God knows sin is going to crush us. We don't want to go towards idols. We don't want to seek the things that bring us fulfillment and value, pleasure, or elevating family, or work, or whatever it looks like. No, that's not going to help me. My value is in Christ and Christ in me, and I can call out to him and receive his grace and mercy to conquer that temptation. I've been set free. I have all these amazing blessings. I have this cloud of protection. I have to look up and see it. But even more so now in the New Testament, the cloud is in me. The presence of God is in me. Wow, it's amazing. And truly, it puts us on another level in the midst of Satan trying to keep us focused on the things of this earth, and I can't do it in my own strength. No, but God's saying, I'm in you. I'm above that. I'm in you. And we can do it together because I am faithful. And you can have access to my grace and to my mercy. And I know how you feel. I've lived that life. I was perfect. And I can help you to conquer sin because I don't want it to hurt you. That's what God says. So today, you know what, we do have this freedom, but let's not let the freedom bring us to sin. Let's not let temptation conquer us. Let's be careful to be calling out to him, to be living in a way that we know that he lives in us, that we're constantly communicating and thinking and quoting his truth and living his truth. I can remember different times in my life feeling, I can't, I can't beat this, whatever it was. For me, there's different ones and fear, a big one, or, you know, um, I can't beat this, God. Like, it just comes and I don't know what to do. And I remember specifically one time in my life, just sitting on the couch, just saying, God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't want to sin. God, I know you're faithful. God, I know you. You are with me. Please give me your grace. Please have mercy on me. Please help me. And I'll never forget that moment. It's not that everything was solved in the moment, but it seemed that the power of God as I turned to him practically and stopped my own effort, my own will, and leaned on his truth and on him and who he is in my life things started to change. Victory started to happen. And I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it because it wasn't in my strength. It was God helping me.
And may we call out today, knowing temptation is real, that we can conquer it. Jesus is with you. Whether you're watching this in your living room, your kitchen, doesn't matter. Maybe somewhere else in the car, maybe doesn't matter. Wherever you are, he's with me now in my basement. He is with you. And he wants to help you and he wants to help me. The cloud is with us. May we please him and follow him because he has the best for us. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I don't know how well I explained myself today. But I pray that your Holy Spirit can drive the truth in that we all will face temptation. But we've been blessed with so many things. Lord, help us not to seek our value or the things you give us. Help us not to seek identity in those things because they only lead to sin. But may we always turn to you and worship you and follow you. Lord, temptation is real. We all face it. But may we know that you are faithful and that you are with us, that you are guiding us, that you are protecting us, that you've saved us, that you're strengthening us, that your grace is empowering us, that your mercy is real. May we know there's always a way of escape. We need to hold on to you. We need to follow after you. Lord, help us to endure for your glory, for your honor. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, I pray you have a great week. Be blessed in Jesus and know that he is with you. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye.